Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Let's Do the Right Thing in association with RadioWorks. Presented and curated by Adam Hopkinson. This is the LDTRT podcast, brought in conjunction with Passion Media and Radio Works. It was set up to tell the story of people going it their own way in the media industries. I launched a media agency this year, Passion, to focus on fashion, entertainment and leisure verticals, and I've had lots of great advice in doing so. A lot of it from guests on this podcast. It has, however, morphed over the last couple of years as I've become more interested in what has changed for media and marketing professionals, and then the way that they have to address changes in consumer behaviour. Whilst launching an agency and still on the mission to gather the best advice. I'm really psyched to be talking to Karen Stacey today, the CEO of DCM, who controls 80% of the cinema advertising market in the UK. Hey, Karen. Hey, Adam. How are you? We've got American already. I'm well. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. Thank you for taking time out to come here. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Um, I guess we can just dive straight in with, uh, well, thank God for Top Gun. Um, Has it saved things? It certainly has. I think before that, we probably thank God for um, James Bond, yeah. um, who started us back on our journey back in last October. And thanks to the directors and to the producers of those films who really insisted on a theatrical release, um, both Tom Cruise and the Broccoli, uh, Barbara Broccoli, who insisted that those films need to be seen on a big screen. And anyone who's seen them would also think so i totally agree i i loved top gun i loved it so much and then and just before that though did you go and see us obviously the biggest surprise for us i guess was spider-man i didn't see spider-man but it's on my boys list yeah and and so it should be it's it's it well it it is very good but it did double what the last spider-man did is that right so you know james bond and maverick were probably where we thought they would be uh but but spider-man in fact in box office uh, is just behind James Bond. Um, and in admissions terms, though, it beat James Bond. Wow. So that's that was our big surprise. And in fact, since pandemic, the biggest three films in the UK of all time are post-pandemic films. Amazing. So anyone who thought, you know, we weren't, the cinema wouldn't return is completely mistaken. And it's returned with a vengeance. It's returned with a vengeance. And everyone's happy. Which we are very happy. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can see it in your face right now. And I'm, I'm so pleased because cinema is and has always been magical to me. Um, it's yeah, it, it's a treat to go. I get lost in the film and absolutely adore everything about it. I'm so pleased that it's coming back because it was something actually in, in lockdown. I didn't realise how much I liked it and how much I missed it. 
I think it was interesting when we were doing some research about what people missed. Cinema was always the second or third. So a lot of people were friends and family during the pandemic. And then it was sort of eating out, restaurants, entertainment. And then cinema was always up there as a pastime that everyone really, really missed. Um, and I think it's interesting think for me, if I think about, you know, new, I know this is a sample size of one, but you, especially in the pandemic, when you go to the cinema, it gives you something different to talk about. Yeah. It really takes you away from that day to day into a place you haven't been before. There's no distractions. It's really dark. And most of us come out talking about the film. Absolutely. Or, or if you are as grumpy and middle-aged as I am, that you'll come out talking about the dude that's sitting next to you eating popcorn, <laughs> which I would happily pay twice the amount for a ticket if that wasn't allowed to happen in there. Any maybe, chance, please? May, I mean, the trend seems to be going that people would like to be uh, introducing more food. But for you, then, we'll introduce one with less food. Or, or headphones. Yeah, or headphones. <laughs> Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It feels a little bit um, unfair that you know, we went through two years of lockdown and, and cinema industry was hit very, very hard it to be coming back and to be faced with an energy crisis. I did a project recently for an out-of-home business, digital out-of-home media company, and the, 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 the pressure that they are beginning to be under for the rising cost of electricity is a problem for them. It, will, will cinema be okay with this? Obviously, it will affect their bottom line. I think that the difference between maybe out-of-home and cinema is our sort of digital age, which I arguably out-of-home are going through at the moment, happened 10 years ago. And it actually has made our business more efficient. So it's actually more efficient to run a cinema than it was um, and the cost of it. And their major driver is getting people through the door. Um, so it's a big fixed cost business. Obviously, those fixed costs have gone up, um, but their their focus is on driving people through the door. They do work well as a collective um, with the government. They've had lots of support from the government over this period, um, I guess because they're in that sort of uh, 
restaurant and entertainment sector. Um, in fact, if you speak to the big three, which have offices all across the world, the UK has been cited as the most supportive of governments. Um, but there's there's been no conversations like that I've been in. Obviously, it will affect them, but they would have they would have built that into the bottom line. And there has been no cinemas that I know that have closed due to the pandemic that hadn't been planned, their closures hadn't been planned pre-pandemic. Okay, that's, well, let's hope it, it works. The, um, but I wonder whether the, there's a capacity issue at cinemas. You know, can you do something to encourage people into other days if, if you're selling out now with the return to cinema Friday, Saturday? So there's lots of incentives going on. So compare the market, there's a big industry incentive there. Uh, a lot of loyalty clubs. So Sydney World Odin do a loyalty club. View do discounted tickets. Um, and it will be the films that get people there. Absolutely. You know, and selection of films. And the more you the more you go and enjoy a movie, the more you'll go back. Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, I, I would have, um, I, I loved Top Gun and immediately uh, wanted to bring other people in the family to it. And um, so, yeah, you know, if we can go again, we will. I think these things are habit forming. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, you know, being closed for 18 months, people were out of the habit. So I think we've got to get them back in the habit. Um, so I think we are... At the beginning of a return, um, and all the signs are good, but I think the return is, you know, probably 22, 23 and 24. Okay. And what, what about the, the distributors, you know, things like Disney turning into streaming services? Does that have an effect on you? So they do, because I guess for them, they always owned, I guess they would look at it and think of the whole of the supply chain. Um, so from the... Recruiting the talent to making the film, to distributing, making the DVD, distributing the DVD, etc. And that end bit they'd let go of slightly because their content was then being seen on different streaming platforms rather than their own. And that's why they created their own. Um, so if you think about it, they want to uh, be, be in charge of uh, the content and the supply. Um, so they are very interested in making sure that they've got enough content for their distribution platforms but they also know that the most successful films start with a theatrical release because the halo effect that theatrical release has on the whole of that brand is much bigger than what they can get on their own so you may never have been to see um the lion king um, the cartoon version in the cinema, but you know about it because of the hype that it got from that theatrical release. Where if I told you that in countries where there is no Disney+, Plus, some of the best two films this year have been um, Encanto and Seeing Red, a lot of us in the UK wouldn't even know mm. what Seeing Red was. Yet in Israel, it was one of the biggest films that launched this year. Um, <clears throat> so... What is Seeing Red? <laughs> Seeing Red is an animation, a Pixar animation, and it was a coming-of-age film, a brilliant film by Pixar that went straight to streaming here, um, but could have been as big as Inside Out. Wow. There's still some experimenting, I think, with straight to streaming. Yep. And Disney are playing their cards close to their chest about where they move forward, where everyone else has 
publicly um, committed to the 45-day window mm-hmm. um, in the for theatrical releases, which is sort of seven weeks. Yep. And most admissions are, you know, done within two, three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I, I get that, but I, I wonder whether the... Um... You know the the two films that you selected there were, were as big as they were because of it being them being sort of family films and people are using the cinema and film entertainment as a as a family treat again. I think they are, and I think you know we've seen this before in uh, recessional times where it's an affordable treat. Yeah. And if you look at admissions across the last twenty years, they're pretty stable. Um, and I think it's a thing that people will still go to. Um, especially families. And I think after the pandemic, again, families and the young is where the audiences have come back. The audience that is slower to come back is the over 55s. Absolutely. We're seeing, we're doing a little bit of an analysis on the cinema market at the minute and um, theatrical releases for family films are outperforming everything else. And I don't know whether it's because of the content or because of the the new behaviour coming back in for families. I think it's a behaviour thing. Yeah. And the content's been good. And the content's been good. Yeah. yeah. Well, Top Gun was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, you've uh, recently done the, the DCM Awards for 2022. Um, what was the best and most exciting stuff that came out of that for you? I think for me it was the innovative, bespoke, creative we made for cinema. And some of it was, and the actually the Grand Prix winner was for Disney+, Plus, ironically, Um, and we took their ad and then we made an extra 30 seconds on the end of it to play just before the film, so in the gold spot, and on that, because it was about horror, and it was then repositioned in Disney Plus as a channel for adults as well as children, um, and we used sound only. So we just used the dark screen, we used Dolby sound only, so really quite creative way... uh, when you think of the big screen about being all audio visual, yep. and we just use audio. In a dark room terrifying everybody. With the dark room terrifying <laughs> everyone. So that was really, really clever. Um, our other pieces of work we've used is the bits I love as well is I think we're quite unique in that we know our content 18 months out. Yep. So we know what's coming out next year. And so we are already now working on with some advertisers, some really clever stuff for Mission Impossible next year. Um, And some of the work we did this year was stuff that we had in the pipeline um, that we knew was coming out that we worked on with advertisers. So stuff like that is really clever and we're in a quite unique position to do that. Uh, Completely. I mean, it's a buzzword in the industry about things being contextually relevant. But if you've got that lead time of knowing exactly what's coming out, then you can make sure everything is contextually relevant. I know. And when wasn't it contextual? Well, you know, yeah. when wasn't being contextual the best part of advertising? Well, exactly. It's what you and I grew up with. You make contextual advertising because it works harder. Yeah, well done. This is new. Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> so it's not about just your audience. It's being contextually relevant. I remember when I was a lot, lot younger that we used to have um, um, intervals in cinemas. Is, is that kind of something that might be coming back into screens again? Is there another mid-ad break? No. No? Good. No. <laughs> no. I think, I, I think what's interesting, some of the films that have done really well have been very long. Right. Um, so that's quite a challenge sometimes for the cinemas because it's quite hard to screen 
as many screenings as you want if, yep. if your film's three hours long. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose the hour on either side of setting up and clearing down and that turns, yeah, gosh. Okay. Exactly. But we don't want intervals. I sort we of don't need them a little bit as a middle-aged man. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but let's not get there. Um, so what what could be new? I mean, are there other ways of using it? I've always wondered whether or not the, um, you know, the, the sort of trend that you see at the minute of uh, there being a special secret scene at the end of a film after the credits roll. You know, could there be an ad break between the end of the credits and, and that scene or something? Or are we just sticking to how it is now? There could be. There could be some... I think you'd have to direct the audience. I think there's there's still a lot of work that could be done on making just the pre-show really entertaining and making special ads for the cinema. So it is still probably one of the only places where I believe the core proposition is getting stronger, not weaker. It is a place where you've got everyone's full attention and we know certainly attention is the zeitgeist at the moment and people, it's not just about reach anymore, it's getting people's attention. Sorry, what? There. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I think that we have a, you know, we have a fixed 12-minute ad reel, including the gold spot, um, and I'd like to see clients challenging us on what more we could do to make things slightly different. Still 90% of our ads that go on the big screen are TV ads. Really? Just repurposed for cinema? Yeah. They're, no, they're, well, they're repurposed as in the, the quality of them is yeah. made better. Um, but even just getting people to make their ad using Dolby Sound. Really? Rather than... Dolby. Dolby. Yeah. Dolby Sound. Um, so I would like to see them thinking about how or even running the 90 second version you know we have an amazing stat which is 90 percent of ads are exactly the same as they are on television 85 percent of people think they're different is that right so there's something powerful even to this research where people have sworn they wore a different color dress amazing or they said it was longer well most people now say to me oh the ads are so much better because they're different aren't they and I'm thinking, no, they're not. What, whatever you, whatever you like. <laughs> but I'm glad you think they are. Is that because you are in a higher state of awareness and attention in the cinema then, that you you are paying more attention to it? I think, yeah, yeah. I think exactly that. Exactly that. It's this whole thing around going back to attention. You know, people will, you, you know, you can't do anything else. Well, when was the last time you sat through a... TV break and think it's amazing. No, I don't think but, I ever have done. And didn't do something else at the same time. Well, in fact, actually, I, I think I probably, I can answer that question. And it's going back about 35 years. I, I, I remember as a kid loving the, um, the Carling Black Label adverts that were cut into two or three executions in, a, in an ad break that they looked like it was a something for a, um, a washing powder and then it was a different ad and then it was different, but they were all the same thing. That's probably the last time I've sat through an ad break and Waiting gone, for it to come that's out. that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. But no, I get, I'm a big fan of the cinema. I absolutely love it. Um, I've always tried to think about creative and interesting ways of doing things different and I've got a little Dragon's Den pitch here for you. So what you think about this. Um, if about 10% of the... Um, the UK public are hard of hearing. Um, surely there's something that could be done in cinema with some magic glasses that, that pick up um, pick up the, the subtitles that nobody else sees. 
Uh, could you encourage a whole new demographic of people to be able to go and experience a full cinema with so, something like that? So you have, are you saying you have subtitles on every showing? On the showing, but not everybody sees them unless you've got the, the magic glasses yeah, to do yeah, the magic definitely. thing that doesn't exist. So we have, <laughs> we have hard of hearing, hearing showings where obviously they're subtitles right. and they're clearly marked. And I think we all could do better. We now offer, um, which we bought in only last year, actually, uh, where we, uh, free of charge, make any ad that is showing in the hard of hearing film um, uh, film showings um, subtitle two. So if because that was the other thing that was just odd, where so you went to a hard of hearing showing or screening of a film, but the ads you saw before it didn't necessarily have subtitles. Yeah. So we've made free of charge everything that goes before a subtitle film with subtitles. Oh, that's nice. Which I'm really quite proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Which came from one of the team, actually. Came from one of the team, you know, when you have breakout sessions about yeah. what more could we do, yeah. which is helping advertisers. Um, and that was one of their ideas. And I'm delighted to say that's in play now. Wow, amazing. Um, I think I've also got to say that it wasn't actually my idea. It was uh, a mutual friend of ours, Chris Shepperson, came, ah. came, came, came up with that one, but I'll claim it for now in case he's not listening. Um, the So 10 years of digital cinema, that's amazing. So what, what's the next big development for the, uh, for the industry? In the digital world, it will be probably just speed. Um, so we are, even in the... F- sort of seven years actually eight years this december that i've been there uh when i first joined we scheduled once a week um we so we get this we get the lineup from the cinemas we schedule the ads and anything they changed we couldn't do anything about until the following week um so for instance if a film is doing really well they will dial down a film that's not doing very well in some screens and dial up it in other screenings. We just couldn't react to that. Now we react every single day. In fact, we've just bought some kit in, which means that we can act every three hours. So what that means actually for advertisers too is that we can react very quickly to changes. So, um, for instance, just recently when the Queen died... Uh, we, within two hours, had decided as a company we would take ads before any showings that night off, just out of respect. A lot of advertisers wanted to take their um, advertising off anyway, and we felt you sort of really couldn't be wrong about taking advertising out. Um, So for 24 hours, we just pulled all the advertising. Even a year ago, that wouldn't be possible. Wow. To do it as quickly as that. And you've got a three-hour window that you can react in? Yeah. So does that mean then that if you're, if you're looking at admissions and people are buying tickets online, you get an idea of you know, the makeup of the audience. Can you then respond ahead of showings with the ads that may be appearing? Like we, nearly programmatically. We, can't, we cannot do that because that's point of sale. Okay. So, all, so we, we know our data the day after. I would argue is more accurate than any data out there yep. uh, because it is proper point of sale data. And then we overlay it with uh, audience data that we know of films. Broadly, 
we get it pretty right about who's going to be there and who isn't because guess what? You know, the people watch Marvel films are pretty similar to the ones who watched other Marvel films. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't think... And the, we are a one-to-many broadcaster. Yeah. So we wouldn't claim to be, uh, you know, targeting as tightly as that. Mm. But we already, you know, target our advertising pretty pretty tightly. So from a... The advertisers in Mrs. Harris went to Paris are not the same as the advertisers in Woman King. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think we've got that that pretty well, and I'm 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 not sure how helpful that would be. I, I, I'm not sure what it would add. Okay. Uh, uh, me either. I, just yeah. something that just popped into my head that it may be something that could be done. But it's um, so the admissions are, are are coming back, and you know, you have some enormous box offices and advertisers are coming back. Are you seeing like the, are you attracting new advertisers to cinema at the minute? So we are, we are advertisers are coming back, and I would say we at the moment have attracted our biggest our biggest advertisers are spending more. Um, and we haven't got the long tail of advertisers back. Okay. Uh, mainly, I think, because the big blockbuster films have done really well and they're expensive to go in. Yep. And the smaller films will return. Um, and we are, you know, another factor is we're, we're sort of growing back as a team too. So when we started, we went back to our big advertisers and our agencies to talk about, the uh, we getting our big spenders returning, um, and now we're on that sort of journey again. But you know, out of our top twenty, nineteen are back spending. Amazing. Which is yeah, we're absolutely delighted with. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's amazing. It's it's such a phenomenal industry and media. I'm pleased. And I think it's clarity of strategy. I think our move from being positioned as a out of home media to alongside television an integral part of an AV schedule turning our language from box office and admissions into this is what it means in TVR language yep. um, showing that it's not just about incremental reach for young people we put on you know between four to six points of one plus cover on big 1634 campaigns and you know, the irony of all ironies of a medium that's seen as expensive is a cost regulator for 1634s yeah. when you're buying television. Absolutely. It's all about positioning. It's all about strategic position of where your medium sits within a, a schedule. And that's easy for an advertiser to understand. Have you, have you seen the, the advertising, the agency side of things moving cinema from out-of-home departments into AV departments as yeah. well then? every single one of them's done that. So you completely changed the industry? Every single one of them's done that, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So there, there you go. Like having changed the industry completely and constantly driving growth and setting, uh, setting plans out to drive further growth, uh, it, it's amazing. Is is there a secret of your leadership, that your skills that you can share right now? I've had um, a lot of good teachers. Um, and as that mantra is, two ears, one mouth. So I've done a lot of listening in life. And I think that 
I'm a real believer that your culture and your people drive a strategy. I'm also a real believer in you have to be tough on the issue and gentle on the people. And I've never had so many tough issues to deal with over the last two years. And all you can do in that situation is be really honest with your people. You'll be surprised how people can really cope with honesty. And they they really understand when businesses are there to, you know, have tough decisions to make. And even, I'd say, our most uncommercial people are really commercial when it comes to making tough decisions. So be really honest with your people, be tough on the issue, be gentle on the people, um, treat them really well, um, which I think we did. And I think we drove our whole business with honesty um, going through. Um, and sometimes as a leader, you know, you you sometimes leave from the front, you sometimes are in the pack, and sometimes you leave from the back. Um, and you just got to make sure that, you know, you pick the appropriate time to do each one. Um, and I think that's what I tried to work hard on the most. Well, that's great. I mean, and as, as, a, as an external here, um, we can see you doing it and, it and it's great. And I'm, and I'm so pleased that it's coming back. And, you know, the, the industry does talk about how well DCM in particular has handled the, um, the pandemic and its kind of emergence out of it. Well, that's very, very kind. Don't I don't think it's all me. Get a good team oh, around. Oh, come on, for soundbite. Yeah, it's all me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I think the other thing, I guess, in your in your team as well, don't surround yourself with people like you. <laughs> you need. You're, you're looking at me as you, you said that. Yeah, so people no, like not me. You, you. <laughs> I mean, like, so I have. Um, you know, I work with. There's four of us, I think, that drive DCM, and we're all very different. Yeah. And we all have very strong views on stuff. Um, so, again, a lot of listening, a lot of two ears, one mouth. Uh, but one thing we are joined up on is we all are a line of one when we've made a decision. Um, but I don't need people. I know what I think. I'm me. You know, I want. <laughs> I need other people to challenge my thinking. Um, and I think I've always made sure that. I surround myself with the people that are not like me rather than like me. Amazing. Well, I hope it all continues in the direction it's going now. So do I. Thank you for coming <laughs> in. Thank you for listening to Let's Do the Right Thing in association with Radio Works, the UK's largest independent radio advertising agency. Let's Do the Right Thing is a Maple Street creative production, devised and presented by Adam Hopkinson. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 